Hunt for flavor. And get delicious flavor in Hunt's tomato sauce. Hunt for quality. And get wonderful quality in Hunt's tomato sauce. Hunt for the best. And get the very best in Hunt's tomato sauce and just the other famous Hunt's food. Hunt's Fine Foods, the makers of Hunt's tomato sauce and 50 other famous foods, present I Was There. I Was There, dramatic eyewitness stories of headline events. This afternoon, Hunt's Fine Foods presents the story of World War II's greatest correspondent, Ernie Pyle, as told by two servicemen and one servicewoman who knew and saw Ernie Pyle in action on various battlefronts throughout the globe. Now to introduce our guest, your narrator substituting for Chet Huntley, who is in San Francisco to cover the United Nations Conference, Dave Vale. Thank you, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the story of Ernie Pyle, the man who became a father of 10 million men in service, and thus became the greatest war correspondent of World War II. Ernie Pyle, the man who wrote of brave men and was himself a brave man, too. It happened in a ditch on a little island called Iejima, four miles off Okinawa and the Ryukyus. There it happened that a single Jap bullet went through the temple of a man, and thus a nation was moved to sorrow. A new president to humility, a military to tears. We were in the ditch together, Ernie and I, pinned down by a Jap machine gun. After the time we stuck our heads up and the gun rattled again, I ducked. I looked around, Ernie lay dead beside me. It was at that moment that everything ceased and all the sound and color and movement went out of this world. Nothing remained but a great silence, a great void. I don't remember what I did. Men tell me I picked up Ernie's hand, held it, and kept mumbling, I'm sorry, old man. Gee, I'm sorry. Let this half hour, then, be our tribute to a man made great in his time, to a man who knew fear yet was brave, to a man with gentle tongue and soothing touch, to Ernie Pyle, now dead. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no better way to give you an I Was There story of Ernie Pyle than through the eyes of the men and women who knew him on the fields of battle. Thus, we have brought to our microphone two servicemen and one servicewoman who saw Ernie in action. We have a sergeant who knew Ernie on Anzio in Italy, an army nurse who met Ernie on a boat carrying wounded from England to the United States, and a lieutenant commander of the Navy who knew Ernie in Normandy and who was with him in the Pacific. 
First, we present Technical Sergeant Frank T. Gilligan, now stationed at the Santa Monica Army Air Forces Redistribution Center, an ordinary G.I. who knew Ernie Pyle. Yes, Mr. Vale, I knew Ernie on Anzio in Italy. I spent some time with him sleeping in the same tent, sometimes rolled in the same blanket. I first met Ernie in Naples. I was standing alone, looking out the window of an apartment house where the war correspondents were quartered when someone walked into the room. Well, we may as well know one another. My name's Ernie Pyle. I'm Gilligan, Frank Gilligan, but everybody calls me Pop. Glad to know you, Pop. I hear you're going up to the front with me tomorrow. Well, if it's okay with you, Ernie. Yeah, it's all right with me. But, well, Pop, it may be a little rough. You think I'm too old, eh? I'm only 48, Ernie. You're over 40 yourself. Yeah, Pop, you're right. We old guys got to stick together. I got an overcoat for you, Pop. Oh, but Ernie, I It'll don't... be cold up there. But I... Now, you take my overcoat. You'll need it. And don't answer me back. beginning to take care of me already. That's just the kind of a guy he was. Whenever he saw someone who needed care, Ernie was right there. I had to wear his overcoat, and I had to keep assuring Ernie through the whole trip that I wasn't cold. That afternoon, Ernie bought up all the chocolates and cigarettes he could find, and we loaded up our knapsacks. The chocolates and cigarettes was for the boys. The next day, we left for the front. I got to know a lot about Ernie, spending five days with him in a foxhole on Anzio. Two old guys over 40 had a lot to say to each other. You okay, Pop? Sure, Ernie. Not cold. How could I be with that overcoat of yours? That's good. You know, Pop, I hate like hell to come out in this mess of slaughter. And I hate it like hell to bring you with me. Oh, don't worry about me, Ernie. I'm an old guy. I've lived my life. So have I, Pop. I guess I'm on borrowed time now. But my time's running out. I feel it. Still, I wish you'd overstayed back in Naples. I couldn't, Ernie. You know, I... I feel that... Well, if I stop a bullet, it'll keep a younger fellow from getting it. Yeah, we think alike there, Pop. Old guys like us are not cracked out for stuff like this. I know I'm not. You don't know how it makes me feel sometimes. Sometimes I think that if I ever see another dead man or hear another shot, I'll go nuts. I feel as though I'd snap in two. Why don't you get out of it, Ernie? You know, all you got to say is you want to go back to the States. You can go back to your job there. Why don't you get out of it? <laughs> Why don't you, Pop? You're older than I. You're 48. Why don't you? You see... The youngsters need friends. They need care. They need some old guys like us to help them out when we can. And the folks back home, mothers, girlfriends, sisters, they have to know what their men are doing, how they're living, what they're thinking. They have to know something else about their men than what they read in headlines and in accounts of big battles. I guess, well, I feel that I can give them that. You can, Ernie. Better than anyone else out here. Thanks, Pop. Well, I'll see you, Pop. Hey, where are you going? 
Oh, there's some men around lying in their holes. That well, you can't go out there, Ernie. That, that German fire... It's all right, Pop. Remember those knapsacks full of chocolate? That stuff's liable to melt if I don't get it passed out. But, Ernie, you can't crawl through that fire. It'll be okay. See you later, Pop. And out Ernie would crawl. It didn't matter how fierce the enemy fire was or how rough the going would be. Ernie would go crawling from foxhole to foxhole, giving out chocolate and cigarettes, talking to the guys, jotting down names and addresses, helping a wounded boy... Comforting a lonely boy, soothing a frightened boy, caring for all the G.I.s as though he was their father. And I guess to all the boys, he was. Hey, Max. What? Look, there's someone crawling this way. Where? Over there. See? Oh, yeah, yeah. I see. Hey, keep your head down behind us. He'll knock it off. Yeah. I wonder who it is. Well, we'll know in a minute. Here he comes now. Hiya, fellas. Hey, guys, look. It's Ernie. Hey, Ernie. <laughs> Ernie. Ernie. I got something for you. Yes, what is it? Look. Chocolate. 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 Holy oh. mackerel, fellas. Look what Ernie brought us. Oh, gee, thanks, Ernie. We're so tired of these K-rations. We can eat it. Down. This isn't the healthiest place. Uh-oh. Someone got it. Yeah. Over in the next foxhole. Ernie. Ernie, where are you going? Come back, Ernie. Come back, that Oh. Easy. Oh. Easy, boy. Oh. This is Ernie's fellow. You know, let me help you. Ernie? Yeah. Ernie Pyle? Yeah, here, let me put my jacket under your head. Let me see you wool. Maybe I can help you out. No. No, it's no use, Ernie. I can tell. Ernie, I, I've never met you before, but I sort of feel like, I, like I've known you all my life. Would you do something for me? Sure. I didn't get a chance to write a letter home, home to my wife. Well, we haven't been married so long enough. Well, what is it, boy? Well, would you, could you write a letter for me, Ernie? Sure, I could. Marge Pollock, 428 East Orange Street, Camden, New Jersey. Yeah. You know what to say. Sure. Here, here. Take this ring. It was the ring she gave me when we were married. Send it back to her, will you, Ernie? Sure. Send it back to her. And Ernie would write letters for the men, and he would send back remembrances. Sometimes he'd take a ring or a picture or something and... He promised to deliver it in person when he got back to the States. And the fellows knew that Ernie would keep his promise. Ernie was so very gentle with the wounded men. Once I saw Ernie make a leg hammock from his own scarf for a man who was wounded. Once at the front, a boy told Ernie his feet were cold, and Ernie removed the boy's soggy leather shoes and then took his own tattered G.I. blanket, tore it into strips, and wrapped the wounded boy's feet in it. On one trip back to Naples, Ernie carried a wounded boy in his jeep and drove him to a house where nurses lived. It was late at night and all the nurses had gone to sleep. Ernie woke them up to attend the wounded boy.
After five days with Ernie, I was ordered back to my outfit. So Ernie gave me his jeep to drive to the airport. And remember our last conversation. Well, Pop, I guess this is it. Yeah, Ernie. I'll see you again in the States, Pop. In New Mexico. Sure, Ernie. I'll be going back to the States soon, Pop. My paper wants me to go to France. But I don't think I'll do it. I know that if I ever get out on the front again, I'll get it. My time is up, Pop. I know it. No, I I don't think I'll go to France, Pop. I don't think I'll go. Continue with the second act of today's I Was There story of Ernie Pyle, as told by two servicemen and a servicewoman who saw Ernie in action. But first, a vital tip for good eating, and here's our announcer, Joe Walters, with his suggestions. Let's conduct a little quiz to bring out some suggestions for giving flavor freshness to many wartime dishes. Quiz question number one, how can a housewife give stew richer, tastier flavors? Cook it with hunched tomato sauce. Right. Second question. When it comes to preparing fish, what do you do to give it juicier, more appetizing goodness? Cook it with hunched tomato sauce. Right again. And the third question. How can you give almost any dish, baked beans, rice, hamburger, omelets, and so forth, the flavor of big, juicy tomatoes, 100% sun-ripened? Cook it with hunched tomato sauce. And ladies, it's a fact. When you want the full, rich flavor satisfaction of luscious tomatoes, prepared and seasoned and spiced as only Hunt's master chefs know how, simply cook it with Hunt's tomato sauce. So easy and quick to use. Costs no ration points and very economically priced. Yes, and Hunt's gives you grand extra flavor, extra vitamins, extra goodness. It sparks appetite, then satisfies them. Hunt's knows what America wants in tomato sauce and 50 other fine Hunt's foods. So don't be satisfied with just any tomato sauce. Get Hunt's tomato sauce in the bright red can. And remember, it's Hunt for the best every time. And now back to Dave Vale with the second act of today's I Was There story on Ernie Pyle as told by our three guests, a sergeant, an army nurse, and a lieutenant commander in the Navy. So, Sergeant Gilligan, when you last saw Ernie Pyle in Italy, he told you of his premonition of death and said that he wasn't going on to France? That's right, Mr. Vale. But, of course, Ernie went on to France anyway. In all my lifetime, there have been five men whose passing have brought a real and lasting grief to my heart. Will Rogers, Knut Rockman, Wendy Willie, President Roosevelt, and Ernie Pyle. Of course, of all the five... I only knew one personally, and I can say Ernie Pyle was my friend. I was there. Thank you, Sergeant Gilligan. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we present our second I Was There guest on today's story of Ernie Pyle. She is an Army nurse, 
Now on duty at Birmingham Hospital, Lieutenant Genevieve Bayreuther. Thank you, Mr. Vale. My meeting with Ernie Pyle, while it may have been brief, left a lasting impression. It was on board a ship coming from England to the United States, and it carried wounded men. Ernie was on the ship, and he was tired and ill. We wanted him to go to bed, but he couldn't. Something happened to prevent his going to bed. I remember I was making my rounds among the wounded men, men of the fourth division. How are you doing, Sergeant? All right, nurse. Good, that's fine. Oh, say, fellas, you know, Ernie Pyle's aboard. Ernie's aboard? Yes. Well, well, will you tell him we're here? The 4th Division? Tell him we're here, will you, nurse? Now, now wait, fellas. He's sick. He's very sick. I don't think he can. Oh, you don't know Ernie. Just tell him we're here. That's all. He'll come down to see us. You just wait and see. I went up and told Ernie that the wounded men of the 4th Division were on board. It didn't take Ernie long to make up his mind what to do. Get to bed or see the boys. Hey. Hey, here he comes. Here comes Ernie, fellas. Oh, boy. Hiya, fellas. How are you? Oh, we were just sitting down to play some cards, Ernie. You want to join us? Sure, sure. Deal me in. Right. Boy, I'll never forget the last time I saw you, Ernie. Fellas, listen to this. We were in the muddiest ditch you ever saw. <laughs> Ernie, what's the matter? That boy over there. Oh, yeah, he's he's pretty badly hurt. But he, he's just a youngster. Not over 18. Yeah. He looks to me like he's crying. We'll deal you out if you want to talk to him. Hello, son. Hello, Ernie. What's your name, son? Paul. Paul Kim. I'm from Boise. I'll give you back in the States soon, Paul. What are you so sad about? Come on, son. You can tell me. Is it your wound? In a way, Ernie. But not really. Well, what is it? My mom. Your mom? Yeah. She sort of thinks of me as the baby of the family. She's awfully worried about me. When she finds out about me being... being like this, she's liable to worry herself sick and... I really wanted to worry, huh? Yeah. Now, look, Paul. Mothers are pretty brave. She won't worry about you at all. Not if she thinks that you're not worried about yourself. Not if she thinks that this business here won't interfere with you being happy. Oh, shucks, Ernie. I'm not worried about it a bit. Well, snap out of it, son. Now, I'll tell you what. I'll have the boys drag a card table over here. And you think you could go for some poker, huh? Yes, Mr. Vale. Ernie didn't rest a minute on that ship. Though he was sick with a fever, he spent all his time going around the ship talking to the men. Before Kip was over, he talked to every man aboard. That's the kind of man Ernie Pyle was. I saw it, ladies and gentlemen. I swear it. Thank you, Lieutenant Genevieve Bayrouker. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we present our next I Was There guest on today's story of Ernie Pyle. He is a lieutenant commander in the United States Navy, a man who knew Ernie Pyle in Normandy, who traveled with him through the many islands of the Pacific, and who was aboard ships with him there. 
Ladies and gentlemen, author of Daybreak for Our Carrier and The Far Shore, Lieutenant Commander Max Miller. Thank you, Dave Vale. Thank you. Yes, I had known Ernie for many years. In fact, I've known him since we're both learning how to write, you might say. I've always watched, I've always watched, too, and admired the way he always stuck to the truth. I saw Ernie again on Normandy, of course, and I was with the Navy, and he was with the Army, but we kept seeing each other. I remember how he used to talk, and I certainly remember how he used to talk, and how he felt about the whole business of war. I hate it, Max. I hate war and everything connected with it. It's such a, a horrible waste. Such a terrible, useless thing. I, I know how you feel, Ernie. I also fear it, Max. Sometimes I feel as though I could never go out and face fire again. Sometimes I feel that just the sound of a bullet will crack me. I think I'll be leaving France soon. You know, Ernie, there's another war going on over in the Pacific. Had to take a look at it. It's a honey. Yeah. Yeah, it's an odd war, you know. Those Japs are like monkeys. I think after I leave France, I'll go over with the Navy and take a look at it. Fearing and hating war like no other man I'd ever met. And yet, in the same breath, driving himself to keep on going. Driving himself to new battlefronts, to new horrors. Just because he had to. On the way over to the Pacific Islands, all of Ernie's friends, Fred Payton, the magazine correspondent who later died on Guam, myself, and everybody else who knew Ernie, urged him not to make any more landings. And, of course, Ernie made his promise. Don't worry about me, fellas. I won't make any landings. I promise. And Ernie meant it when he said it. Together we traveled through the islands of the Pacific, Guam, Saipan, Tinian, and many others. Every place where Ernie went, the men would recognize him and they'd gather around to talk. To them, Ernie had been G.I. and was now becoming Navy. They'd use his canteen, take his chewing gum, and borrow his socks. And Ernie would take up their gripes and go to bat for him. Remember, Ernie wanted to invite the men to his house in Albuquerque, New Mexico. After the war, uh, I want to get together with the fellows from the Army, Navy, and Marine Corps, whom I've actually learned to love. There'll be no rank, no distinction. Only a bunch of guys I just want to see again. <laughs> Guam, where I last saw Ernie. I was preparing to fly to Iwo Jima, and Ernie was getting ready for something else. Max, uh, what is it, Ernie? Max, I'm going to have to go back on a promise. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to the makeup area for the invasion of Okinawa. Oh. I know I promised you and Fred and everybody else that I wouldn't make any landings. But, well, I've been thinking about it these last three days. I haven't slept a single night trying to make a decision. I tried to figure everything out logically. I tried to weigh everything. I sort of know that I'll be killed if I hit another beachhead. I'm afraid, Max, and you know I am. But even after all that thinking, I've just got to go. Uh, sure, yeah. Now that I've definitely made up my mind, I feel all is right again. 
I'll probably sleep tonight. I think I'll come through after all. But if something should happen to me, I hope I'm killed outright. Uh, Max, yeah? If, if I don't come out of this Okinawa invasion alive, I think I'll have only one regret. I'll miss everything going on. I don't want so much to be around as it is to be around to see how the thing all ends. Well, I better be moving along. I've got some stuff to get together. Right. Good luck, Annie. Well, good luck to yourself. And by the way, Max, when you get back to the States, yeah, tell my wife that this Okinawa business will be my last landing. <laughs> Commander Miller, was the last time you saw Ernie Pyle? Yes, Mr. Vale. It was the last time. Ernie went to Okinawa to be with the Marines. He hadn't been with them before. Just the other day, of course, I received a letter from Ernie. I believe one of the last letters he ever wrote. I could read you one line. Ernie wrote, quote, I've got a spooking feeling, Mac. I've got a spooky feeling about... But it that I've been scared once more, and I would be asking for it to tempt fate again. So I'm going to keep my promise to you. I'm going to keep it, and to myself, that this will have been my last landing. And of course, well, it was. Ernie's dead now. But he's more alive in my mind than many people who presume they are living. See you later, Ernie. See you later, G.I. We're going to miss you, boy. Don't think we're not. Losing you is like losing our second father. Hey, Ernie. You're going to run into a lot of our old buddies now. Say hello to them first, will you? And take care of them like you always used to do. Lieutenant Commander Max Miller for your I Was There story on Ernie Pyle. We wish also to thank Army News Nurse Lieutenant Bay Ruther and Sergeant Frank Gilligan. Now to add greater pleasure to your eating, here's your announcer, Joe Waters, with a suggestion. No woman objects to being talked about this way. Now isn't Janet amazing? I mean, the way she can cook. We had dinner at her house the other night and she served macaroni. No point, you know. But the way she cooked it with a special tomato sauce. Well, honestly, as I told Bob later on, it was the most delicious macaroni I've ever tasted. And, Janet was... and ladies, we'll be glad to let you in on Janet's secret of being praised for her cooking. She depends on ration-free Hunt's tomato sauce for cooking dishes that call for tomatoes in any form. Spicy, appetizing Hunt's tomato sauce is deliciously different because it's made by the exclusive Hunt's recipe and made from the biggest, reddest, juiciest tomatoes that ever graced a garden. 100% sun-ripened. In fact, ladies, Hunt's tomato sauce is so full-bodied and nourishing that one low-priced can just about equals a full pound of fresh tomatoes. So right now, add Hunt's tomato sauce with the bright red label to your shopping list and get extra flavor and extra vitamins for better appetite. 
like so many nutrition-wise women are doing. In fact, more women are switching to Hunt's tomato sauce than to any other brand. That's H-U-N-T-S, Hunt's tomato sauce. It's Hunt for the best every time. I Was There, presented each Sunday at this time by Hunt's Fine Foods, is directed by Robert Hafter with music by Lud Gluskin. Story dramatized by Larry Roman. Your narrator was Dave Vale. This is Joe Walter speaking. Hunt for flavor. Find it easily in Hunt's tomato sauce. Hunt for quality. Get it always in Hunt's tomato sauce. Hunt for the best. And be sure of the best by asking for Hunt's tomato sauce and 50 other famous Hunt foods. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.